Hear that? Believe it or not, summer is just around the corner. Luckily, Armorall, America's most trusted auto appearance brand, has what your car needs to get that perfect summer shine. Plus, now through May 31st, we'll give you $5 for every 20 you spend on Armorall products. That means car wash pods, protectant, tire shine, you name it. Find out how to get your $5 rebate at armorall.com. Armorall, less work, more clean. Terms apply. What is going on, Diesel Nation? We're excited to have you guys with us today on the Diesel Podcast. Today, I'm going to be chatting with Kenny from KT Performance and talking about upgrades we can do to our truck for under $1,000, whether we're looking for a little bit more power, maybe reliability, performance, and regardless of whether we have a Cummins Duramax or Power Stroke. So I look forward to learning from him different options that are out there and getting the best bang for the buck for our budget and then also for the expectations or the desires we have for our truck to run better, perform better, or be more reliable. If you're watching this on YouTube and aren't subscribed, make sure and click the subscribe button, like, comment, let us know what you think about the episode. If there's a particular guest or topic that you'd like to have on the podcast, we love checking your guys' comments on there and then being able to get them into future episodes. I also want to give a shout out to one of our sponsors, uh, Kershaw Knives. They've got a ton of new products for 2023. We did a podcast with them earlier in the year talking about the big year that they had planned. And one of the newest releases that they have are the Duralock models, which the blade's made out of D2 steel. Way that it opens and closes is super smooth um, keeps your fingers away from the blade when you're operating it and you get 20 percent off as a diesel podcast listener just enter enter code diesel 2023 at kershaw.kaiusa.com get 20 percent off your order if it's 50 dollars or more it's a great way to save some money get some cool gear for edc hunting fishing something around the job site or around the house so definitely make sure head on over use the code if you're in the market and get some cool gear All right, let's get to today's podcast with Kenny from KT Performance and talking about upgrades we can do to our truck for under $1,000. Kenny, welcome to the Diesel Podcast. Looking forward to chatting with you today. There's a really, this is a really cool topic to to go over. So I look forward to leaning on you, learning um, the different options that we have for Cummins, Duramax, Power Stroke, and ways we can have a bit more drivability, a little bit more fun with our trucks without having to go you know, like really jump into modifications. So welcome back to the podcast. Yeah, absolutely. Glad to be here. Thanks for having me. You've, I mean, with KT performance, you guys have been around for a really, really long time. You've seen all the different trends, all the different products. I am kind of stuck a bit in different makes and models. So I, I don't really, I don't know all the things that are out there. And uh, we have a ton of listeners that'll say, Hey, I'd like to get a bit more drivability out of my newer diesel truck. But I'm not ready to jump into a turbo built transmission, injectors, a whole bunch of other things, but I want a little bit more out of it. So I thought it'd be great to start there and ask you, what are some weaknesses or shortcomings that people might find, or maybe they're there right now, with some of these newer trucks and the drivability that they have? Yeah, I think kind of... uh the initial starter package or whatever we've always seen in the diesel industry i mean since since i've been in it, it's always been like the air intake some sort of tuning and the exhaust about the air in the air out and some sort of controlling of the electronics and stuff in there um so i'd say usually we get involved with a lot of that kind of people start looking at the minor things that kind of helped improve uh, the overall performance efficiency of their engine um, and usually that starts with the air coming in with like an air intake. Um, and a lot of people are very budget dependent. They're not one to spend a lot of money. So kind of looking at those things that aren't 
going to break the bank, like swapping out a turbo or going twin turbos and dual fuelers and all this crazy stuff. Um, so, I mean, you can get into a good quality air intake. You're about 350 bucks. Uh, but then it kind of gets into involved as well as going into the right direction. And that's where we spend a little more time talking with our customers too. So like we're based out in Florida, we have like a crazy amount of bugs and stuff too. So we talk to people, it's like just adding a pre-filter on there. You're talking an extra 30 bucks, but that little sock that goes over top of the fi filter. Now, every time that they need to clean or do an oil change or whatever, they just pull that sock off, wash it, slide it back on. And then their filters last way longer just by having that little sock on there. And, and people a lot of times don't realize there's those little improvements that'll actually help them save a lot of money in the long run. That's um, true. And then, like I said, so on the intakes kind of where we start and then it starts going, the exhaust systems aren't quite as big of a deal as they used to be. Uh, used to be everybody had to like open up their exhaust and, uh, and to make it run better. But with all the DPF systems and all that, doing a DPF back, that's going to be kind of that more the tone in your ear making you feel better about the truck uh, it's about it's sounding better uh it's not going to be as much of a uh, efficiency on the performance side as it used to be on the older diesels what's really nice about focusing on the drivability and having you know a budget with it is it's not like the high performance stuff where everything's dependent on okay if you're going to do this turbo you have to do this fueling you have to do this tuning you have to do this built transmission so you can kind of bounce around a little bit depending on what your budget is like we talked about um air intakes you mentioned them and that's something that is probably one of the first things that people do i've done them a lot you know and, and it was just it's kind of twofold it's one i can do it pretty quick at home it makes it look you know a ton better but there's so many quality options and and i wanted to focus a little bit on the brands that you guys offer come across what's what's popular and i know we'll get into like specifically cummins duramax power stroke i'm sure as we chat but which ones do you like which ones have performed really well have your customers been happy with yeah i mean we sell basically every brand that's out there because you have those people that have been like hey i i've used brand x for my last 20 years my dad used brand x that's all i want to buy is x so we'll sell whatever they want but when people come and ask our recommendation on air intakes, typically, I would say 95% of our sales is an SMB. Uh, there's a lot of different things. I've run some other brands of air intakes. I've run the things where the rubber over the years starts dry rotting things where SMBs using silicone on all of those joints rather than rubber. Uh, and the longevity of those kits ends up being much, much longer just because of even just that one change. The quality of kits usually the install is really good on them. Uh, the other thing kind of gets into like an oiled filter versus a dry filter. Kind of comes down personal preference. My personal preference, I like a dry filter. Um, that way, the filters aren't that much money to turn around. And when it's time that it's time to replace it, trash it, get a new one. I don't have to worry about whether my technician put too much oil, not enough oil on it, trying to restore it with the kit and what it may do as far as if they over oiled it. Um, I'd rather just not worry about it and just replace that dry filter when it's time spend 45 bucks and, and have that peace of mind because they last so long as it is just because of them being so much larger than the, the stock air filters. I've heard a lot of good things about S and B with fitment and quality. People have really, they've mentioned how much they love the, the fitment of it, which that can be something too, is how, you know, the, the design and the manufacture of it and how smoothly it goes on. I know all the trucks are, I mean, they're mass produced, they're, 
you know, all kind of set up the same, but when you go to install it, sometimes I've ran into it on previous trucks where the tube just doesn't quite line up or I really got to fight it. And I'm like, oh man. And then I'm hoping that this, you know, clamp holds, but um, I've had a few S and B's over the years and I just loved how they fit. Yeah, it definitely, uh, it makes it a lot easier, especially for these guys that are doing it in their garage or whatever in their driveway and uh, having something that's going to bolt right up and you don't have to finagle it to, to force the holes to line up or any of that. Uh, those S&B, like you said, we usually go with it because we don't run into problems with customer calling us, hey, this isn't bolting up or any of that stuff. Um, and there's a couple other things. And a lot of their newer kits, they've gone because I do like that they put that uh, that clear plexiglass lid over the top of the filter so you can see it without exposing it to the heat uh, by having it completely open. And a lot of their new kits have even changed to where you don't have to unscrew the screws out of it. It's actually a silicone pop-in lid that you can pull the tab and just pops right out to access the filters. That makes it even easier, especially if you had one of those pre-filters. It doesn't require any tools at all now to access that pre-filter, pull it out, shake it off, get all the love bugs off of it, and slide it back on there. Is uh, I was just curious about this myself between dry and oiled. Are the service intervals for the filter the same between either one? So if you had a dry one, you still change it the same time you would an oiled, or does it vary a little bit? Uh, it's really going to come down to driving conditions. I don't go off uh, the miles uh, on a truck versus really what the filter looks like. All these newer trucks are going to have filter minders and looking for restriction and things like that. If you ever see restriction, immediately you need to address it because if you start creating a uh, the little filter minders, you start pulling those down, it means that you're creating a vacuum between the filter and the turbo. And then you can start having some premature failure uh, of the turbo because it means you're going to start sucking oil around the compressor wheel uh, side um, snap rings and stuff that are there on the on the shaft. Um, so you definitely would address those immediately. But normally you can look at a filter and based off of the amount of debris and stuff in it, a lot of times we may take them off and kind of shine a light through it as far as and see how dirty and stuff it is. Um, but they last much longer than the what the if you go off the factory intervals, what they say to change the factory filter because you have a much larger filter you're dealing with on there. Once we do the air intake, and this is in general, where where would we look to next? We look to throttle response, you know, maybe tuning fuel systems. Where would we go? Yeah, I mean, exhaust was the old traditional side of things. New trucks, if you want to do an exhaust skip for the sound, great. Outside of that, then I would start looking at the tuning side. There's kind of two families of tuners. You mentioned the throttle controllers, like throttle position sensitivity. There's a couple different names for them. Uh, and then you have like your traditional performance tuners. Uh, throttle controllers are becoming more and more popular. Price-wise, you're looking like 250, 300 bucks versus say 500 to 1,000 plus dollars for an actual performance programmer. I think one of the reasons throttle controllers are becoming more and more popular is these newer trucks in the factory, they really have enough power to do everything we need to do and still be a lot of fun to drive. But it's about making the drivability better, about changing the responsiveness of the throttle and making them run smoother based off the input that you're putting through the throttle. So you don't necessarily need to add overall performance to actually make it perform better. And by doing those adjustments versus a performance programmer, now you're not looking about 
uh, issues with, say, the transmission, because some of these trucks, now that the engine power has increased so much, you have less threshold before you start having transmission issues or other problems with the engine once you start bumping the power levels up. So that's why I think that we're seeing more and more people go that throttle controller route versus performance tuners. The other thing you'll run into, if you don't have, if you're doing performance tuning and you don't have quality tuning, these trucks with the EGR systems and DPFs, they're going to start having premature failure. Now, there's guys out there that have some really good tuning that are actually getting longer cycles and actually getting better efficiency out of the engine and getting it. But if you don't choose somebody who's got proper tuning, you may see that your filters are clogging sooner. You're having to replace some of those emissions components or have them cleaned more often. When when somebody calls into you guys, it's probably one of the first things I'd imagine that would be asked is, you know, are you happy with the, the power and the torque that the truck has now? You just wish it was sooner versus somebody who says, you know, I need more. I need more. I'm going to have to go with, you know, custom tuning for, you know, a 2017 or 2020 truck. And they're looking to do a bit more versus the guys who are just needing a little bit more different RPM range. How would you say that that's split up? If say you had like 10 callers or hundred callers, the percentage that would want just the drivability versus the ones who are looking for more power and torque. I would say we're probably seeing 80, 90% of the people, they'll admit that there's plenty of power there. It's just getting, like you said, that power band where it needs to be adjusting those fuel curves. Some of it too on uh, these trucks too, it might even be adjusting shift points. Uh, can be a lot on these transmissions. Some of the factory tuning on the transmission shift points is like a little, it's not as good as it should be. Um, and so you can even tell the difference, say, driving a Ford 10-speed versus that same transmission in the, the behind the Duramax is they shift differently just because of the tuning of the transmission itself. So there can be a lot of those adjustments that can be done without really increasing the overall horsepower. And people realize that that's ample for what they're needing. They can now pull their trailer better, whether it's their other boat or their fifth wheel or uh, around the hay bales, whatever, that's got some weight behind it. It's really interesting to look back on diesel trucks and where they were factory and then the aftermarket and what people would ask. The amount of money people would spend to get 500 horsepower, 1,000 foot-pounds on a second gen or a 12-valve or I mean, we think about 7.3s and stuff like that versus what they come with factory. It's it's incredible. But yeah, I think the drivability, that's what I hear a lot. Are, you know, they're happy with the truck. They love the transmission. They love the 10-speed setup but they just want a bit more of that response at lower RPM. So I think that's where the throttle sensitivity products would really make a huge difference for not a lot of money too. You're not, you're not having to really jump into, you know, the, the expense and then the supporting modifications to it. Yeah, absolutely. How, so say I do the air intake and then, I guess it would really depend, you know, on the truck owner if they just want throttle sensitivity or they're wanting emissions on tuning. Is that are you pretty much done then? Or are there some other things you should look to to be able, not for power, but just for the reliability and the response? Because I think the next thing I would think about would be fuel system, but I'm not sure where I would go from there with, you know, the OEM injection pump some of the issues that are out there on some of the models um something like you know fast fleece you know something like that to be able to supply more fuel to the injection pump is that where we'd go next 
Yeah, I think uh, main, making sure you're maintaining proper fuel pressure to that pump by running either a fleece or a fast system. Uh, we do uh, a decent amount of fleece and a lot of fast systems. Uh, so a big thing in making sure that fuel pressure stays consistent against those pumps so that it helps them last much longer. Um, and then you've got obviously some other kind of fuel components that tie in there as well. Uh, such as the famous uh, fuel contamination kits uh, that get extremely expensive if there's a failure. We've had, I don't know how many times we've had to sell people a full set of injectors, the fuel rails, all the fuel lines and the, the CP4 pump and all that. And it's a, a crazy amount of money. And it's unfortunate that a lot of that can be prevented with spending four or 500 bucks on a fuel contamination prevention kit uh, that if there was a failure, it isolates that from wiping out the rest of the fuel system and can potentially save them thousands uh, of just parts, let alone the labor of getting in there and doing it. I think that's a, this is really a time to be able to talk about specific models and different different engines and year ranges that people might face some of these issues. I think you know, the air intake in either tuning or throttle sensitivity, or they got you know Cummins Duramax Power Stroke. You know, you can do it, but then some of them, like you mentioned with the fuel side, and we've chatted about it on the podcast before with CP4 failures and things like that. Let's, let's start with power stroke. So I got a six, seven power stroke with something that's, you know, two to five years old. What specifically should I look at doing on one of the six sevens? Yeah, there's a few things I would look at. One of them would be kind of fuel contamination prevention kit. Like I said, you're about four or 500 bucks in there. Uh, if you ever have a CP4 failure, you're going to be so thankful that you had that prevention kit in there, uh, not now having to replace all your injectors at fuel rail, fuel lines and everything. Uh, one of the other things, more common things we see on those, uh, they still have the factory charge air cooler, intercooler pipe, uh, or also known as a CAC pipe or intercooler outlet pipe. It's got a couple different names. Um, you can buy a reliable aftermarket one a quality one for 300 bucks. Uh, the factory ones are cheaper. You're about 100, 150 bucks, but we see those things failing left and right because it's a hardened plastic and it doesn't hold up the longevity. So switching over to something that's billet and silicone. Uh, and then that way you're not broke down three o'clock in the morning, hundred miles from home, trying to figure out what you're going to do. Um, so it's a pretty inexpensive thing and an easy thing for somebody to swap out on their own as well without having to pay a shop to put it in. Um, other thing on those is as far as SMB makes a map sensor uh, spacer that moves that map sensor a little bit out of the air, direct airflow. Uh, those have been able to see a little bit of longevity of those sensors kind of gunking up and stuff and making those sensors last a little longer to prevent from having any issues with those things. On the disaster prevention kits, how hard are they to install for somebody at home? Is it pretty straightforward or is it something may want to take to a shop or what's the difficulty of installing one? Those are pretty straightforward. Um, but if you're the kind of guy that hasn't done much more than a tire change and an oil change, I'd probably lean on a shop to go through and install it. Because uh, you're going to want to make sure that it's sealed up. Everything's installed properly. If you're the guy that, I mean, you can do a turbo swap or, I mean, nothing that's too intense, you'll be fine doing an install like that uh, yourself. On the the Duramax, I'm thinking the CP4 again. Is it is it very similar with a disaster prevention kit as well that would be worthwhile to invest in? 
So a lot of those, instead of going with the full uh, prevention kit, we've been doing a lot of the uh, the inlet metering valve from Exergy. It's about 250 bucks. Uh, and that's a very easy swap that somebody could do when they're uh, right in the driveway, no problem at all. And that's kind of going to function the same way for them. Uh, so that's a really popular uh, product that um, fortunately we can keep it on the shelf, but sometimes it gets a little tight the way those things have been moving. Uh, people realize how important it is to have that when one of their buddies has a failure and didn't have one installed and see what they have to go through. I'm really curious on the six, seven Cummins and the difference with the injection pumps. They had the CP4 for a bit, then they went back to CP3. Do they face a lot of the same issues that the other two do with a CP4 failure? And are there kits to address that? Or I haven't really covered it on the podcast or heard a whole lot about it. So it kind of piqued my curiosity. Yeah, most people on those were swapping back to a CP3 pump. That CP4 pump, unfortunately, just didn't work as well as they all had hoped. Um, and I know we ran into issues even getting components because the later model trucks switched back to like the CP3 setup. And we had people who couldn't even, they had those go out because of contamination of water that got in there uh, from a bad fuel station. Uh, and couldn't even buy those pumps because they were all on hold by Chrysler and they weren't releasing them unless it was warranty work. And it was like jumping through hoops so they could get a part replaced uh, on a brand new truck um, because it wasn't under warranty work. Uh, but yeah, the biggest thing on the, the Dodge is typically we're seeing guys with a Ram switching back to the CP3 setup, converting those back over. There's this part in, in this process where it's it's almost twofold with yeah i want the drivability and i want a little bit more response i'm happy with the overall power but then i want to make sure i can avoid some issues that my truck may potentially have and i think that's where the fuel system side really shines whether it's like the disaster prevention kits that you mentioned or the extra filtration that you know the, the fast kits have there's that's a huge part of it is i think you know, with these trucks, I just want to make sure it runs and I don't run into these ex these expensive issues. And I think along with that are, are fuel additives too, which we've, we've covered, you know, in depth with like Hotshot Secrets and Amsel and some of these other places. But is that part of something if somebody calls in and they're looking for reliability that, you know, you guys mention that to them, talk to them about the importance of, you know, fuel quality is going to vary a bit from station to station or, or where you go and it, it's worth investing in that maintenance item? Yeah, it is. I think it's actually more important in the older diesels uh, just because of the fuel changes and things like that. Uh, the newer diesels as well. I mean, that fuel is under such a high pressure going through these fuel systems. Having a fuel additive helping with that lubrication and everything in there is definitely going to help. Um, and they've got the fuel additives where there's not any issues. They're ash free. So they're not creating problems with the emission system as well. So they're helping that longevity of the fuel system. They're not, they're not having negative effects, uh, with emissions components either. And if you can actually ensure that the fuel, uh, system, you're getting proper combustion, that's going to help you get that longevity of cycles between regions and different things as well. I think with you know, the price I was thinking of you know, what could I do for a thousand bucks or under to be able to accomplish this? And I think with those focusing on those three areas, you could definitely do it. Maybe even get a you know, couple extra things, you know, with that. Is there, 
a tipping point? You know, is what, when do you tell somebody maybe the opposite of what we we're just chatting about is, you know, what you're telling me, it sounds like you want more power. We're going to have to go over that thousand dollar threshold, but you need to understand these other things are going to factor into it, like your transmission or your turbo. How quickly does that, does that happen? I'm sure it varies a little bit based on Cummins Duramax power stroke, but do you find a lot of customers kind of hit that threshold really soon? And now you're starting to talk about other upgrades or how does it, how does it kind of shake out with a conversation you have with someone who calls in? A lot of it is driver dependent. Um, I mean, I can take a guy who's got gobs of horsepower in this thing and he can run it up and down the street 12 days a week, pulling a trailer and doing all this stuff and never have a problem out of it. If he drives it, reasonably but i can take a truck that's got an extra 150 horsepower with the wrong guy behind the wheel and he can break everything you could think of just because of the way he drives it um so there is a lot of variable in there some of that can be determined pretty quick just in conversation like hey how do you drive the truck are you pretty aggressive with it and most guys are driving aggressive they're happy to admit that they've got nothing to hide they enjoy their truck and that's fine but they just have to have that understanding of they might only be adding a couple hundred horsepower and it seeing not realize all the side effects that they're going to see with the drivetrain and other things going on just because of the way that they drive that vehicle uh a lot of times we try to look at the longevity side of things too even when it comes like the coolant system there's some upgrades that you can do uh i know like say there's an issue with the uh the late model cummins engine with the coolant system uh, is it's too warm at like the back cylinders um, because the circulation isn't good. So Fleece has a, a bypass kit. We do a lot on those guys just to help with that circulation and making sure everything's working out good uh, and things. So we try to push people to look at longevity. My goal is when I get a customer in, we make them happy with the drivability and the efficiency of their truck and make it their performance better but making sure the longevity is there because I'd rather them be happy with that truck and continue buying parts for it and accessories and things and that thing not be broken down and them doing so much repair work. I, I want a customer who can come in and spend money and be happy when he picks his truck up because it drives better than it did when he dropped it off a week ago rather than a guy who can come in and spend a ton of money and he has the same truck he had two weeks ago before it broke. <laughs> what What are some mistakes that people make? Like when they come to you and they've maybe been someplace else or they just went on, went out on their own and started doing upgrades, maybe like what are a handful of things that you'd say are common mistakes people make when they take a bone stock truck, they want, you know, either one of these two options and then they're like, Hey, I need help. It's not running the way that I want. I would say a lot of it is doing certain uh, things such as even performance tuning uh, without having the right foundation to back it up. So if they're adding too much power to this truck and they don't have the right uh, air airflow, whether it's the intake itself, I've seen people with tuning and like stock intakes and it's causing issues with turbo or the right size turbo to flow the air that they need versus injectors, things like that. And making sure everything else is running efficiently to uh, support that added power level that they're trying to achieve. Does the transmissions their reliability factor into it as well. Like I think, I think it's probably dependent on which truck we're chatting about, like 68 RFEs versus the 10 speeds might be a little different, but is that something that factors into 
kind of what we've chatted about where we're getting the drivability. Maybe we are going with a, a programmer tuner where we're getting a little bit more power. Do you see those issues as much as they used to be? As I think back to the old days, like with a five, nine, you knew right away you're four to $6,000 into a built transmission pretty quick. And the new ones, you know, they hold more power, but do they hit that ceiling as fast? Um, in some cases, they almost hit it faster because the uh, the engine is already at such a powerful level that if you're adding, say, 20% more horsepower, 20% is a lot more than it used to be yeah. uh, because they're already starting at such a high point. Um, a lot of times we can do some minor improvements with the transmission. The biggest thing is the tuning, is making sure that if you're adding performance tuning, you've got the transmission tuning on point as well to back it up. Uh, we could do some stuff, just even like a torque converter, upgraded torque converter is gonna have some stronger uh, uh, clutch holding capacity. Um, that's gonna help keep the, the temperatures down because it's not slipping as much, helping make sure it's locking up, sending that power properly to the wheels. Uh, but that tuning is gonna be very important because uh, that's controlling that pressure and stuff going to the torque converter and adjusting those shift points where they need to be at. What's really cool is a lot of the upgrades you've talked about from like the air intake, the fuel systems, it's not like we're, we're tapped out or done at that point. Those things can still grow if one day down the road, say we want to do like a fleece cheetah or some of the other you know turbo kits that are out there on the market, or maybe we do a full built transmission a year from now or a couple of years from now, I still have these components I can still use versus having to go back and change them all again. Yeah, I'm a big fan of keeping the platform open to where it's like you said, if I'm doing something to it to increase this particular item, I want to know that that's going to function if I start upgrading other components in the truck, that they're all going to continue to work together. Uh, so it allows you to not have to basically start over and replace that same item again. Uh, absolutely. It's, it's nice that most of these will all function together and allow that future growth as well. I was just thinking of a question. I, I get it all the time from people who may have never owned a diesel or they have an older one and they'll say hey guys can you do an episode about which truck would you buy or which one um you know do, do some of these companies you chat with which one do they like so i know it's kind of a loaded question and really open-ended but if you were looking to get a newer one maybe not brand new but something where you have this aftermarket support and the ability to get better drivability and maybe go to that farther level down the road is one better than the other? Are they all pretty much equal? Which one would you suggest? Man, that's all uh, individual up to up to whoever it is. I know everybody's kind of got their preferences and stuff. They like this truck versus that truck. I can tell you they all make good ones and they all make bad ones. Um, I've seen as far as lemons on all three of the big boys as far as the GM, Ram, or Ford. Uh, and they all... So I have really good trucks out there as well. So, yeah, that's going to be, I would say, base a truck on the one that makes you happiest sitting behind the wheel. Longevity-wise, there's potential problems behind any of them. But when you sit behind the seat, which one makes you feel the best when you're driving it? Because that's where you plan on spending most of your time with that truck anyways. And I bet the aftermarket support for all three is probably pretty similar as well in the area that we're chatting about with drivability and you know maybe 100 horsepower 150 horsepower to me it seems like there's plenty of parts and options that are out there for all three of them yes absolutely and the uh, available parts for them is growing 
uh, every week there's new stuff coming out for them. So it'll continue to uh, increase the amount of parts that are available for them as well. I'm really excited about the, I guess, preventing the issues, I guess, because over the last three years, four years or so, the major thing that's really stuck out to me is the availability. And you had mentioned that in the beginning, not being able to get some of the components for, you know, Cummins or an injection pump or something like that, how hard it can be. So my mind's really been focused there for a long time is how do I avoid being in that situation where a truck has to sit a long time? We've had diesel shop owners on and, and they've talked about some trucks sit for six months or you can't get these components. I just think in my head, how can I avoid that? What can I do now? Spend a little bit of money to not be in that situation. So I think it's really cool to see the aftermarket side, how it's embraced that and then offered these upgrades and these parts to avoid the downtime. Yeah. I mean, any catastrophic failure you can avoid is very important. I can tell you, I've seen uh, engine builds sit on hold over things as simple as a cam bearing. Um, and I'm not talking about for weeks. I'm saying for months, not wow. being able to cam bearing for certain engines. And, uh, it'd be the components that you don't think are going to hold your build up or your repair job up end up being the thing that now you're sitting and waiting for. Um, so yeah, it, it, anything you can do to prevent a failure down the road, a, a planned install is always better than an emergency repair. That's where this conversation and your experience is so, it's so helpful because if I have a truck and I have a failure, I, my experience is just with one truck and I might not pay attention a lot to diesel, the diesel aftermarket, diesel community. I might not be into racing. I might not focus on all the trends and all the things that are going on. I just know I have a truck. I can't get apart. And now it's sitting for a while. You see everything. You see the guys who want the drivability. You see the guys who are building race trucks. You deal with tons of different companies, tons of different issues. So you know all the things that are happening out there. And I think that's where it's so important for a truck owner if you're going to step into upgrades and modifications to really build a relationship with the company you're talking to. So I can lean on all your experience in the hundreds or thousands of conversations that you have with places. And you can tell me and save me time and say, Hey, this is going to be an issue. We can't really get these parts right now. Your truck could be down a long time, but you spend this two, three, $400. You don't have to worry about it. Yeah. Well, so I think, I think some of that also goes into, you talk about components that work well together. I think finding that shop that you want to purchase your parts from is you want to find a place based off of, I'd say more customer service rather than price. And then everybody wants to not spend the extra 20 bucks for this or that, but you find a place that gives you the better customer service. And then that way, when you want to start building your truck up and you'd be like, hey, I bought this intake from you. I'm looking for this type of component that's going to work with these other things I bought from you. And they can kind of help you with that build because they're going to have a better understanding if they did the work or uh, they at least got those parts for you and kind of see what you have going on with that truck, making sure the package that you're putting together is going to function well. And then when we were chatting about covering this topic, I, I didn't, I didn't think about this part or this angle with the conversation. And that's, I think that's what I love about just doing podcasts and chatting, you know, on there is things, things pop up, but the customer service side mm -hmm. is really important. I think building the relationship kind of both ways is as a truck owner, finding a company, a person that I build a relationship with. And then as a company, you get to know, you get to know me, you get to know what I'm looking for. And I found that the upgrades in the relationship, it's not 
it's not just finite and we touched on it a little bit is I might call into you and say, Hey, Kenny, I, I need some more response at lower RPMs. I, I want this. I need more throttle sensitivity. Yeah. Six months, two years from now, I might say, Hey, I need a turbo. And I think, you know, there, there's a lot of different options out there. Maybe I do want, you know, some tuning with it and you know, I got a lot of miles and I think I need a, a transmission. I, I want to avoid that. So I can grow in my modifications and my upgrades with the company as well versus kind of finding one place here, one place there, everything's kind of disconnected. But I wanted to ask you from your perspective as a company, how much does that help you getting to know your customers, getting to know what they want and then growing with them and being able to supply them the upgrades they want through that life cycle of owning a truck? Yeah, I think it helps a lot because it uh, helps us understanding that customer, their needs. So like I'll have guys that, it's basically a farm truck. They're using it to do a lot of towing and things like that. And so we kind of understand that's where we kind of built their platform towards versus a guy who's just using his truck as a toy on the weekends. He doesn't even drive during the week or different things. And we can kind of have better understanding and make sure each of those components we're kind of suggesting kind of help him with the better outcome of what he's trying to achieve or she's trying to achieve with that particular build. Um, so it's very beneficial for us. I mean, it, it saves time as well, because now we've got the customer's information. There's other variables that can pop in. We start looking at turbos and things, say somebody here in Florida, local to us might need a different size turbo than somebody in Colorado because of the altitude differences and things like that. So we start getting into the bigger builds. There's all those other little details that people don't realize we might need to know that we'll have some of that information handy to us and kind of save some time putting those packages together for people. Well, I bet working with so many different brands as well, you're able to build relationships with them. So when it comes to turbos or transmissions or any a number of the upgrades we can do to these trucks, you're working with these manufacturers. So you're up to date on the newest, the latest, the greatest, the different options they might have for either use, geography, um, you know, all, all, all the different parts of it. So that's another tremendous resource. I think as a truck owner to be able to lean on is I'm sure, you know, most of the you know, guys who own these companies and, and the different things that they're working on and you know what's ready to hit the market. So I can just lean on you and say, Hey, uh, this is where I want to go. What companies are working on this? And you've got it you know, right there at your fingertips. Yeah. And that's happened just because of knowing people in the industry and knowing some of the manufacturers and stuff. Uh, I've had people come in and say they're looking for something for their truck. And I can't recall what, some of the, what the component was that happened just a few months ago. He came asking for something. I'm like, well, it's not available on the market now, but I know this particular brand right now is beta testing this that's going to solve what you want. So wait a few months and then we'll get in touch with you and we're going to have that. But they're actually testing it right now, knowing that stuff's coming on the road, not even hit the market yet. So there's some advantages of that. And a lot of our business actually comes from shops. A lot of our customers are these smaller shops that don't have the time to go out and do that market research. So uh, I can't tell you how many shops they might take a picture of the VIN number on the door and say, hey, I need a clutch for this or hey, I need a torque converter or whatever. Uh, they'll text it to one of my salespeople and boom, we'll get it on the way because it saves them that time of they're not researching, looking up part numbers and all that. And these are even guys that are in the industry, but now they can go right back to turning wrenches or going about their day doing their thing. That's a really good topic to bring up. And I didn't think about either beforehand is how limited time is and how busy 
shops are with the demand, the amount of trucks that, that people are wanting worked on, I may not have the bandwidth if I'm a, you know, a smaller shop or I've just started out or, or, or something like that to follow all this, to, to network with all these different companies or go to trade shows. I might not be able to do that, but I can call you and say, Hey, this is what my customers are wanting. What are my options? And you're able to save me a ton of work. Yeah, and it lets those guys get back to doing what they do to make money. They get back right back and turn those trucks over and get them out rather than spending 45 minutes to try to find where they can get the component that does what they're trying to buy. Or maybe this manufacturer is out. We do that legwork of saying, hey, brand A is out, but brand B, I found four of them over here. See if your customer's okay with brand B. Um, it's same ratings or whatever and supply that information. So now they can go to their customer and they didn't have to do any of that research. We take care of that for them. That'd be huge. That, that would save so much time. It's so hard to, I imagine I'm not a mechanic, but be working on trucks, diagnosing them, calling people saying, Hey, your truck's ready. Hey, it's not going to be ready at this time. And then also on top of that, trying to figure out what company A just released or where it's in stock or how quickly I can get it or finding all, you know, different products to be able to substitute if they're not in stock. That would take so much time that I might not have. And I think that's important as well. So it's really cool to hear the, the relationship, not just with the truck owner, but then also with the shops that are out there that need that to get these, these upgrades on it. If, if somebody has got a question for you guys and they want to know how to upgrade their six, seven power stroke Cummins, their Duramax and want to talk with you guys about, you know, do I just want the, the drivability? Do I want a little bit more power? What else should I upgrade? What are some other things? How can they contact you guys, ask those questions and, and learn what's available for their truck? Yeah, they could either, there's obviously like contacting our website or emailing sales at ktperformance.net, or they can call in and talk with one of our salespeople. Uh, if they wanting a lot of information, they, my sales guy might just kind of get some information from them and say, and get back with them and kind of fill them in as many questions. So they're not stuck on hold, like 45 minutes, whatever, while they're trying to find the answers to everything they're looking for as well. But they can call in our toll-free numbers, 855-587-3736. Uh, give us a call and our salespeople will be happy to help them out with everything we can. It was really cool to chat with you about upgrades that we could do for trucks that are, you know, under a thousand dollars. Cause I think the tendency can always be to focus on the big builds, the big power, the compound turbos, the, the really, the things they're exciting. I mean, they're, the they're cool. To, yeah. It's the fun stuff, but we might not be there or we might want to do it in stages or maybe we don't even want that. We just want the efficiency, reliability and avoids, you know, some really costly mistakes that can happen with OEM products. So it was cool to be able to, get your expertise and really see all the different upgrades that are out there that I can do for not a whole lot of money and have my truck run better and avoid some of the, the costly repairs that are out there. So I appreciate your time today chatting with me, Kenny, and look forward to you know, chatting with you more and, and learning more about the different aspects of what's out there in diesel, which that's what I really enjoy about chatting with you is you have so much interaction in the industry and so much information that I don't have and you can just kind of give me all the information at once. So I have it all where I don't know how long it would take me to compile all the different products and upgrades and the feedback for it. So it's great to chat with you. Yeah. Awesome. Thanks Patrick. I appreciate you having me on and uh, enjoy it as always. Don't forget diesel fans, make sure and head on over to Kershaw.kaiusa.com. Use code diesel 2023 for 20% off site-wide. It's a great way to save some money, get some really cool gear. If you need a knife for hunting, fishing, EDC, or that 
at uh, the job site around the house. They've definitely got you covered with a bunch of different choices. One of their newest releases in 2023 are the Duralock models, which the blade's made out of D2 steel, and the way that the blade opens and closes is really smooth, keeps your fingers away from the blade when you're operating it. So if you're in the market, definitely make sure, head on over their website, use code DIESEL2023 for 20% off. Also want to give a shout out to some of our Patreon supporters, Tyler Lowen at 23Diesel, J. Cole John, all of our other Patreon supporters, all of you who subscribe on YouTube podcast apps, follow us on Facebook, Instagram, TikTok. We appreciate your support here in your seven of the diesel podcast and look forward to bringing you guys more of the content that you want to hear in 2023. Until next time, keep the shiny side up.